so that's why we're commanded to have this reaction. I don't want any part of that. Nothing at all to do with that. And this passage that we have today has just two main points. It says, have nothing to do with them, so bear good fruit. And it says, have nothing to do with them, but expose the darkness for into the light of Christ. So we're going to come across these, these two points again and again as we go through our passage and seek to understand what God has to say to us today. So our first verse, our second verse is verse 8. And it says, At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You know, when we pray, we often pray for God's will for our lives in terms of what we should do, what we should, where we should work, what we, where we should live. But God spends most of the time in his word telling us who we should be, who we are in Christ. And in this case, he's telling us that we were darkness, and now we are light. It's something, a part of our being, part of the very part of who we are as light in the Lord. And so we need to walk as children of light. The very direction of our lives should be as children of light. So some Christians, or, or, or for a lot of us, I guess, it, it can be really easy to think that because God is loving and he cares about us and he knows us, that he's okay with my little sin over here. He's okay with my little thing. He knows me. It's all right. I'm pretty good. And I just have my little thing over here. But God here is telling us that since we're light in the Lord, no part of darkness is okay. Because God knows us and because he's kind and caring and forgiving, he wants us to be walking in the light, to be walking out of sin, not be walking into sin. And remember that those who, those who are the sons of disobedience from earlier on in chapter 5 are the ones who have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. They're showing that they don't have any part in God because they're walking into the darkness instead of into the light. And maybe someone here today is stuck in a sinful lifestyle or, or habit, and if that's you, you need to know that God loves you so much, and he's got the power to bring you out of that darkness and into his light. He's got amazing power to do that. You can repent. There is a way out. You can come into the light and walk as a child of light and light in God's kingdom. And this passage is going to help us see how we can all do that in our lives. So the next verse says that the fruit of the light is found in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And this verse is translated in some different ways in various translations, and I won't go into the technical details here, but if, if you have questions about that, please come and talk to me afterwards. But this is saying that how do we stand back from the darkness? How are we going to avoid being involved in the darkness around us? Well, it's when we're concerned with bearing the fruit of the light, when the very focus of our lives is concerned with the things that are good in God's eyes, and concerned with the very righteousness of God, and concerned with the truth of our lips. It's got to be the absolute focus of our lives. 
And this, this light that, as we bear this fruit, is going to transform us as we focus on it in our lives. And now, I'm, I'm far from perfect, but in my life, this has sort of worked out like this. You know, years ago, I, I had a workmate, and I just started work at this place, and we're in the lift, and we're going down from the top floor to the bottom floor, and it was just me and my new workmate in the lift, and he started making a lot of really rude and, and lewd jokes. And um, by God's grace, I managed to remember Ephesians 5 verse 4. We're not supposed to have anything to do with those kind of, um, that kind of immorality with our words. So I didn't laugh. I just sort of shrugged my shoulders. But also, in the heat of that moment, I didn't really know what else to do either. So I just sort of stayed silent and, and didn't laugh. And then afterwards, I heard him shouting at the boss in a loud voice, get him out of here. He's not going to fit in our team. He didn't even laugh at my jokes. He's, he's not interested in being friendly. How, why should he work here? And he was very angry. This guy's not going to fit in with our team if he can't even see the funny side of our humor. But it was very, very rude humor. Well, thankfully, the boss didn't fire me, and eventually we became friends. But it's always a challenge, isn't it, to be light in our workplaces and in our communities and our lives. I wonder how you've managed to do that in your workplaces and your lives as we seek to honor the Lord our God and live as uncompromising lights in this world. And it's encouraging to remember that Jesus, the light of the world, was very badly regarded and badly treated because he was, telling, he was showing everybody what the goodness of God looks like. We need to have the whole focus of our lives on the light. That means we have different habits. We have different speech. We like different things. We're following the Lord our God and showing the world what that looks like. And then we read that we need to discern or find out what is pleasing to the Lord. The ESV says, try to discern. I don't know why they've put the words try to in there. There's nothing iffy in the sense of this Greek verb. But the word finding out is involved with testing something. Like if you find a gold ring on the ground, you can pick it up and you can take it to someone who will test it and tell you whether it's 18 carats or 9 carats or whether it's a $2 shop plastic ring. All right? So there's this idea of testing, find out by testing. And the things that are in our lives, we need to take them to the light of the Word of God. And we need to examine the way that we act, the way that we react, the things that we say, the situations that we're in. Bring it to the light of the Bible so that we can find out and make sure that we're pleasing the Lord, that, they walk, that we're walking in the light and not associating with the darkness. And it's an exciting thing to walk in the light. It's an exciting thing. You know, lots of people, they, they want to walk a little bit on the wild side. They don't want to be, have a life that's you know, kind of boring and things. So they want to experiment. And they, unfortunately, though, a, a lot of people just experiment with bad things. They might try getting drunk or drugs or um, bad movies or whatever. But that's all pretty boring. It just ends up in slavery to yourself and you know, wrecks your life and your health and all sorts of things. That's really boring. But... 
um, being on the cutting edge of pleasing God is so exciting. You have to be creative and meet the challenge of reaching out to our neighbors and our community with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and shining a light into their lives. How will you approach your neighbor in such a way that they won't that they'll think about God and not just say, no, go away and walk away? How will we reach out to our Muslim friends and neighbors in our community? How will we? We need, to, we need to definitely search out the best way that's most pleasing to God and the best way that's also most effective. And it's exciting to be creative and walk on the wild side in pleasing God and fulfilling his mission, being light in the world as Jesus was light. And to do that, of course, that means we need to be on fire for God. We need to know our Bibles if we're going to examine everything we do in the light of God's word. We need to be firing on all cylinders in our walk with Christ so that we can examine what is pleasing to the Lord. And again, we, we hit our theme, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them because it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And um, here, because Paul is repeating himself, I have to repeat myself, that as Christians, we have to be walking out of sin, be walking into the light, and not walking into sin. Because those who are walking into the sin of immorality and, and into the darkness show that they have no part with God. And we read, we've read that with Gary last week. Let's read it again in verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And just earlier he says, anyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is, co or is covetous like an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. It's a very, very serious warning for us that we must be walking into the light. And walking into the light will often mean being separate. It will often mean being the odd one out. If your friends are watching a really bad movie, you might suggest going to McDonald's or just not hang out with them that night. But it doesn't always mean being separate. It doesn't always mean not hanging out with people who are doing bad things. Think of Jesus. How was he light in the darkness? You know, the, the um, religious leaders, they would walk down the road and they'd see Jesus and his bunch of guys, Jesus, a single man, and his bunch of guys eating and having lunch with prostitutes and tax collectors. Oh, shock, horror. How dare he hang out with a prostitute? Man, he just ruined his reputation. No wonder they called him the friend of sinners. Jesus was with those people, but he didn't take part in their sin. He was with those people, but he brought them the light of Christ and the opportunity to repent. God is not calling us for us, us for us to be physically separate from the world necessarily, but for us to be with them and to shine the light. And for that, we need to be strong in Christ. We need to be praying with one another. We need to be holding each other accountable so that we continue to walk in the light and are not tempted to go into the darkness.
There's a very key word in our passage here, and it's the main theme of what we're looking at. And it's this word, expose. Expose the darkness. And so please um, just bear with me for a little bit as we do a, a small word study on this word so we can understand what it is God wants us to do instead of joining the darkness. You know, when we think of this word exposed we, and we're talking about light, we tend to think of things that we can see. The light makes things visible. So it's really easy to think that God wants us to live good lives so that the people who are in darkness around us can see our lives and go, ah, oh, you know, that's a, a far brighter life than mine. I need to be like that, or I need to go towards that. And that's true. It's true. We do need to live lives of goodness and righteousness and light. But this word goes beyond that. In fact, in every, every time it's used in the New Testament, it always refers to something that is spoken. And we're going to look at just a few verses to show that. Here is John the Baptist. He rebuked Herod, the Tetrarch, because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other things he had done. So Herod locked John up in prison. And it's the same word here that's translated exposed in Ephesians 5. Ekleko. So John, he, he rebuked Herod. Jesus, the light of the world, was challenging his audience, challenging the whole Jewish community, actually, and said, which one of you can expose my sin? Which one of you can, can tell me or show me anything that I've done wrong? And of course, Jesus, being the light of the world, no one could even answer him. No one could pin anything on him. What an amazing God that we have. But for this to happen, Jesus was not asking them, can you live in front of me silently without any words so I can see where I've gone wrong? Jesus was asking them to tell him, can you expose my sin? Can you convict me of sin? Same word. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So in preaching, we are to correct or expose the things that are wrong with great patience and careful instruction. Same word. And last one, in Matthew chapter 18, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Same word. Expose his fault, not by miming, but by talking between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So when we read in our passage that we are not to join in with the darkness, but we're to expose it, it means not only with our lives, but also with words. Also with words. And that needs to be done lovingly. It needs to be done with care and compassion. It needs to be done so that people have the opportunity to repent instead of just feeling downtrodden. But nevertheless, in talking with people, we, are, we do need to show them the, the things that are wrong so they can see what is right and follow the Lord our God. And I was talking to a guy one day, and he said, oh, you know, I'm actually a really good person. And I said, oh, okay, so which definition of good are you using? He says, oh, everybody's definition of good. You know, just ask anybody, whatever they generally think of as good, that's me. I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm a good person. Well, maybe he was being honest. Maybe he was being proud. But either way, 
he somehow needs to understand that God's standard of goodness is quite different and that he's a sinner needing a saviour. So some of that understanding he could get by watching the life of really good Christians, but some of that understanding he needs from the proclamation, the words of the gospel, to expose that darkness and give the opportunity for him to come into the light. And it's worth noting here that exposing the darkness in our lives doesn't only apply to unbelievers. It also applies to believers. You know, lots of unbelievers, they don't hide their sin. They're quite happy with it. But Christians, if we have sin in our lives, it's much easier to want to hide it because we know that it's wrong. And here it says, don't, don't even speak of what they're doing in secret. Don't even take part by talking it. Don't talk the talk, don't do the do. Instead, expose it. And it's, so it's important to notice that this is for Christians as well as non-Christians. It's definitely talking about non-Christians too. Christians are not talked about as being darkness. Christians are talked about as being light. But at the same time, it's the Christians who are commanded not to take part in the darkness which that means it's something that it's possible for us to do, which we should definitely avoid. So it's, it's very important to notice that this applies to all of us. And the wonderful thing about God's light is that it exposes and transforms. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And this is the wonderful thing about the light of God. It, it not only shows us where we've gone wrong, it not only shows us where we've gone wrong, it also gives us the chance to repent and can transform our very lives. So whatever issues we have lives, we should bring them to God, bring them to the light of God's word, and let him transform us. And what does this look like? Well, we have a quote, a quote from somewhere. When we read the word, therefore, it says, usually that introduces a quote from the Old Testament. The interesting thing is that there's nowhere in the Old Testament that these exact words occur. So our best guess is that um, by God's inspiration, Paul has taken the ideas from a few Old Testament verses and put them into a quote here, quote kind of format. There's this verse in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 19. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And also in Psalm 80. Restore us, O God, let your face shine, so that we may be saved. 
All these verses include the key concepts of the, the quote here that we have in our text. They talk about light and darkness and life from the dead. And all of them refer to Israel, the nation of Israel, coming back from the dead. They were dead in a sense. They were exiled. They were, they were rejected in a sense. And... Um, all of that, but God promised that one day Israel would be restored. The nation would come back from the dead, back in the light of God, new life, new restoration, new resurrection, new relationship with God. And all of these things are true of the light of Christ in our passage. That's why it says, Arise, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The light of Christ transforms us from death to life, from darkness to light. And that's part of our mission, as walking in light, the things of the darkness around us can be transformed by the very power of God, the power of God to bring new life and new light and new relationship with God, resurrection from the dead for us as well. What an amazing God that we serve. So amazing. So if today you're struggling with a, a secret sin that nobody knows about, then can I encourage you to find somebody to share with, to expose it to the light of Christ so that you can repent and be transformed and continue to walk in the light. And that's the wonderful thing about being a church. This passage that we're, written, that we're reading today is not only written to individu- us as individuals, but also us as a church. So that as a church, we can together help each other to repent and honor God in every single way. And it's wonderful to me to know that God, he doesn't call us to be perfect right now because that's impossible. But God wants the whole world to see the process of our repentance. If I go to work and I pretend to be perfect, everyone's going to say, what a fake, (laughs) get real. But if I go to work and people can see God changing my life from darkness to light, then, then they're going to say, what a powerful God, what a wonderful God, this God can change lives. And as a church, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to go it alone, to fight alone. But as a church, we can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. And we can hold each other accountable. We can help each other to repent and to walk into the light of Christ. And it's such a wonderful thing to, to be in community, in humble, forgiving, loving unity, so that we can walk in the light together. The message of our passage, walk in the light, bear the fruit of the light, expose the darkness. Why? Because we are light. We belong to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. That's our identity and our mission. May God be on it. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful word, your wonderful light. Thank you that we can walk in light and that your light transforms us. Lord, we pray for the courage to expose um, all of our lives to the light of your word and to repent and to honor you and have them changed. Oh, Lord God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful example of being light in the world. 
Lord, how you went around exposing sin and giving people the, the opportunity to repent. Lord, thank you so much for your wonderful grace, your wonderful light, and we look to you, the light of the world. And Lord, help us to walk as children of light according to who we truly are in you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.